What if I told you those scattered Google notes, draft social posts, and notebooks filled with unshared stories could be a fast pass to a more fulfilling life waiting for you, but only if you publish them. Learning to just press publish changed my life for the better as a woman, mom, and writer. Now I wanna create the same transformation for you. I'm your host, Erin Galloway, multi-passionate author and ally for storytellers. I started Habitize Publishing to support storytellers, including kids, CEOs, senior citizens, and now you, to share your voices and spark more joy than you ever thought was possible. I hope after today's episode, you'll publish one piece you've been holding back on and see where the journey takes you. Welcome, friends, to another unscripted episode of the Press Publish podcast. I'm here today with John Davis, who is going to share something completely new than any of our other guests have been able to share with us so far. Not only does his author journey have unique twists and turns, but also his book content is different than we've been able to showcase before. So he is going to share with you how you go about taking individual notes or poems or thoughts and put them into a collection that actually says like, it's time. I've written enough. I would like to put a book out there and sort of see how a bit of an anthology of notes can come together. So John, welcome to today's episode. Thanks, Aaron. It's so wonderful to be here. And can you start off by sharing with us how it is that, again, you went from these individual thoughts, sharing them as one piece at a time to putting them together into the book that now is called Becoming More Human? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. I, I would say I was in transition in uh, my career after I left the consulting firm right in the middle of the pandemic. And I'm sure like a lot of people in transition, there were things to try and and really try to understand more of my own creative practice and what was inside me for a long time. I, I joked well, I, I first started writing in fifth grade when I entered a contest writing about my grandfather. So I've always been inspired by people and ideas and love to share them, but I hadn't really cultivated this writing practice. So when I first uh, stumbled onto the book, The Artist's Way, which is a very you know, famous creative practice book by Julia Cameron, and it's the book that inspired the the work of Eat, Pray, Love and Elizabeth Gilbert and so many people in the creative industries, whether, and, and by the way, whether you're a writer, a lawyer, or, you know, a change maker, a nonprofit leader, to me, creativity is just how we see the world. So one of the practices in the artist way is morning pages, which is writing three freehand pages uh, every morning. And per Julia's, you know, practice and what she shares in the book, she believes it's three pages that takes to get you from the clutter in the brain and the mind and to evade the sensor to start to write at, you know, the, the, the soul level, the heart level, or start to share things from the essence of who we are, you know, maybe more like what a four-year-old kid would say. So I think that journey, the more I did that, the more I just fell in love with writing and particularly handwriting. So in in my book, there's 88 poems, and each one of those has all been handwritten originally. 
And I think there's just simplicity and beauty and taking care of, you know, your, yourself with creative tools, with nice paper and pens and pencils. So that's really how it started. And, you know, it would, didn't realize after a few years I had, after I do the morning pages, sometimes I'd write a letter to a word that I was struggling with, or sometimes it was a poem. And I didn't know it was that until someone shared that with me at some point. So I think once I had a couple hundred of these and started reading them to friends, I started to get some good friends saying, John, you got to do something with all this. And there's a long story to that process too. But I, I think we've just got to get started with a good practice. And I love you sharing that the start didn't have a plan, right? That can be a very conflicting part of a writer's journey is that they feel from the very beginning that it has to be designed to be a bestseller or it has to fit a particular genre. And what I appreciate that you just shared is it started from a very simple place and a simple practice that served you that practice or that habit you were able to keep up. And then over time, you must have had sort of a mindset shift that said, I'm ready to just share this with others. I'm not going to keep it to myself. In the spirit of the title of the podcast, right? I'm ready to quote unquote, press publish in verbally sharing these with others. And do you recall how that process felt to you and how you felt at that time? Yeah, it was sometimes I, I think you, you hear people say this and it took me a while to understand it, that the the book writes itself or like I felt I didn't have a choice anymore once I started to have a lot of these out there. And, you know, even the first poem in the book is is titled How to Become a Writer in One Second. So for people listening right now, I think you're one second away. And the only person who says you're a writer really is you. Because at any, that's the power of writing is no one can censor what you put down on paper and your words. And, and yes, that can happen and politically and other things in, in the world. And we're seeing that quite a bit. But really, to me, you know, the, the last poem in the, in the first chapter is titled, I'm the only one who can silence me. And so I think it does take one, it takes a lot of courage and I think what I, for me, I, I do have a spiritual practice and that I felt God and the spirit in, in my own practice was putting these words on me to get out in the world. And the more I shared them with people just in casual conversations, they were like, this is great, but I tend to have, I had, there's pictures on my website of stacks of journals. And I was lucky enough, some friends through Creative Mornings in Charlotte told me about Jay Ward, who's Charlotte's Poet Laureate here in the city. And he was speaking, what's crazy is really only nine months ago in January. And through Jay, I had a conversation with him. He connected me to a woman named Shane Manier, who was a poetry coach and has helped people put books together, similar to what you're doing, Aaron. And that helped me organize it into because there's I have another hundred I didn't even use, but it, it helped me really center around for the first book, what would what would be a logical story? And I had a chance to go to a, a festival called Brooklyn Poets up in Brooklyn. And I, I learned that there's a story arc that when you do start to put things together, 
because you hear a lot of my personal story in this, which really is about like the first section, finding a voice, that I had to find a voice, that I had to remember. I believe this and I hope everyone listening that right now someone is waiting on your work. And I just want to say that again. Right now, somebody is waiting on what you have to say, and it's going to have a chance to change things. And I think with all stuff going on in the world, it reminds me that one person at a time, there's a great children's book author, Catherine Otoshi, and the last line in her book is the book one is it just takes one. So I think reminding, you know, being a facilitator and someone who always thought it had to change had to happen through bringing people together. This first section was on finding a voice and then what ins has inspired my journey. So the second section's on imagination and inspiration. And then the third part, which is, <laughs> you know, books and writing really work you if it, if you're, if you're putting a lot into it and that, that section's on letting go and surrender that I've had to let go of identities or things I thought I was in service of these words. And then that the four sections on courage and our potential. And then the last one is on humanity and sort of the beliefs I have for the world that we can live in a sense of shared humanity. So it, it sort of came together with, I would say a lot of good people pushing me and saying this really matters. And I think early on in any writer's journey, definitely having people that believe in you that can be honest with you too, but it's more important just to have people cheering you on because you will learn by doing. And I'm a big proponent of, we don't learn till we actually do things. Well, and to play off that thought, it's also having the courage, as you said, to tell people about your work, right? There are many authors in a virtual space that will feel as if they have to do all the steps by themselves. And they have to publish the book and not tell anybody else about it. And it's almost like a surprise experience. And what we try to encourage authors to do, especially first-time authors, is to create a community so that way you not only have given voice to yourself becoming an author, which is a process in and of itself, but also have people who give you new ideas or different ways to see your own content that may either improve what you hadn't considered yet or two, help solidify what really feels instinctually correct. Because if you aren't giving it a voice in the process, then in your own head, you're either overthinking it, right? Or you're like, oh, I don't know what's best. But sometimes giving it words or asking for help like you did helps you say, oh, okay, this one I feel, right? There's, I'm sure there are poems in there that you feel very strong. Your instinct was clear that like this needs to be somewhere within the book. Yeah, it's it's so true. And, and I think having people like that, and for me, you'll see there's um, over 48 people referenced by name because I one of my friends said this book is kind of like a, of love letter to friends and travel and people. And that was important to me. And there was a moment even that time at Creative Mornings where I was sitting next to a, a local artist named Denier Davis. And 
there's one in here I can read a couple lines from. And, and sometimes in this journey, like it, I will say for me and, and may happen to people listening, but you will feel lost and it will feel like you're swimming upstream and it's, oh gosh, a book is so overwhelming and it's huge. And I'll never forget, I opened up to her that morning and said, I, you know, Demir, I just feel lost. And she hand wrote me a note that said, John, slow down and write. The more you move, the more you are busy and is a representation of running from yourself and you feel lost. Be still and write. Be fearless and step into the unknown. You are amazing and have a beautiful heart. Keep going. And so that I can read a short one called Lost and Found, if that that's okay. Absolutely. And that, that inspired this one, some other friends who pushed me that sometimes being lost is actually the entry point to something completely new. I feel lost. I search and reach and ask around, what should I do? But what I needed was to fully see me, all that I am, and talk to great friends who truly see me, who don't buy into my fears, who think it's okay that I'm lost and invite me just to take a step. I'm learning sometimes the step is to stay lost because I might not be ready for what I'm supposed to find. The start of something truly amazing and miraculous that my deepest soul and true self are coming alive. That could be what is lost. And it is hard for me to pay attention to this. I so want to go the easy route. The unknown is killing me, but I now know it is the discomfort of feeling lost and not playing it safe that will guide me to my new path one step at a time, giving my soul room to speak and say, where have you been? It's nice to meet you. And I have so much to say. So I promise to stay close because I now understand it is writing, pressing pen to paper and my own words and a little stillness that will remind me if I'm ever lost, I can be found. Mm. That resonates with me as a writer, and I have no doubt resonates with listeners who, uh, there are so many moments where I was capturing specific words within what you just said, that writing can help people feel found, um, and that the writing journey can make you feel lost, right? There's so many individual lines within that. And so if you were talking to someone who approached you about their writing practice and feeling lost within it, whether it is for some, a children's book, right? Which feels quote unquote short, but still for most authors has a deeper purpose in writing it or someone who is writing a novel, right? Very, maybe a longer writing journey. What would you say to them about that feeling of being lost as a writer and why they should keep writing? Yeah, I think, and you hear a lot of people debate this and I sort of agree, even though it can be a tough idea that they're there might really not be a such thing as writer's block. And yes, their quote is, but I think it's when I heard, I think it was on Lennon Doyle's podcast that 
when we're irritated, frustrated, or blocked, it's because we're betraying ourselves in some way. And so that's kind of a tough concept, but I found if, if I'm lost, I'm not paying attention to my deepest gifts. I'm not paying attention to something only I can do. And I'm either pleasing or I'm taking care of other, for, for me, my default, what gets me in the way of writing is being there for other people. And that's a beautiful thing, but it can feel like no one's waiting on what is just bubbling up inside of me. But if I don't pay attention to that, then I'm a little irritable or short, realizing that I have to be the person to put boundaries around the practice of writing. And I, you know, I've written a manuscript for a kid's book. I haven't published one, but the imagination that goes into that, I have not written a novel. I, I think it's really just in being consistent. Even yesterday, I, for the first time in a while after morning pages, I think I wrote seven poems and it, I just felt so much better. So I just think whatever the practice is, some people use a typewriter if you need to, your computer. For me, I try to eliminate distractions and and I love, you know, there's a great shop in Chicago called Rear Chicago. And they, you know, I love Jap, you know, Japanese paper journals where it's very soft. So I, you know, a nice fountain pen or pencil. So I think it's just, figuring out what are those routines and that's why the morning pages really works for me but just remembering that your practice is super important and staying consistent but it is so easy because unless someone is unless you got a bunch of that's why I do think it's good to tell some people when you're writing so for me that works because people start to ask about it and then they hold me accountable to it in all so the it's right a great ways. question. Yeah, in yeah, all the right ways, sure. it's creating those accountability partners. It's been really interesting in helping people publish. Even though every time I offer the idea to an author to share their story all along their way with their social media followers, if they have a, a bigger community or family and friends, I'm like, just share, right? People want to champion you. They want to support you. Literally not one author has ever taken that idea because there is such a series of words, right? Fears, unknown. What if I change my mind? What if I don't do it? What if somebody gives me an idea that's different than where I'm going, right? There's all this that bubbles up for people that leads them to hold on to their instinct to write and publish, and so I love, love the points that you just shared there is that keeping that practice and finding accountability partners for all the right reasons to keep you moving yeah. forward. Well, there's another quote Julia Cameron has. I think it's another, yeah, it's in, in the right to write. And she says in here that I believe that what we want to write wants to be written. I believe that as I have an impulse to create, the something I want to create has an impulse to want to be born. My job then is to show up on the page and let that something move through me. In a sense, what wants to be written is none of my business. Mm. 
And so for me, yeah, I'd love curious your thoughts as you hear that. For me, that was, I call that like the, the occasional two by four I need (laughs) where it's like, my job is to show up and and I believe for every creative or writer is to show up in your practice and just allow the unique way you see the world to move through you. If that's lyrically written with a canvas, how you talk to people, let it move through you. And Julia, who's written 40 or 50 books now, believes that it's she doesn't believe it's your job. It's your job to show up on the page and and be a professional with whatever you care about. Mm. Is there a poem or any piece of your book that you feel like for you is like, this is, this came through me and why I showed up and why it is in this book? Mm. Can you share that? Can you say that one more time? Is there anything, any of the words that you put in your book that for you, you felt like was words coming through you showing up to be in this book that you feel Mm. like were really clear that those words were placed on you for a purpose? Yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind is the one I referenced earlier. So I'm a, that that I'm the only one who can silence me. And so I, I wrote this thinking about, gosh, do, and by the way, just to be honest, I, I do that a lot. And I want to acknowledge that writing is really hard and it, it takes a lot of courage. And um, anyone listening right now just want to acknowledge what that takes. But when I started to connect writing to something bigger and that I can, I can no longer do this to myself and there's a reason and you'll hear it in this. I am the only one who can silence me. Yes. You can try to quiet censor or erase my words, but I write with words from the soul words that I don't believe are actually mine because if I'm still and do it well, these words come from the spirit who, when all was quiet, put them on my heart to share. It is not easy to reveal our true voice. So much, so much of what we hear comes from the mind, making it hard to find the quiet one deep down inside that is so easy to brush aside. But the more we speak with this voice, we make the choice that I could never quiet this part of me because I believe my soul is connected to you. And I would never want to silence the part of me that is a part of you. This is why, if I mean what I say about inspiring a new way, then I actually have no choice but to always, always, always use my voice. I smile today, knowing the courage to say what I want to see truly is on me, as I am the only one who can silence me. I feel like I could see that hanging on a wall or on a, mm. on a shirt walking around, right? Is friendly reminders to people that, well, right now that the, especially those closing thoughts are within a book and hopefully the right readers find your book. 
But I feel like there's parts of what you just shared within that, that even more people need to read. And I will just plant that seed for you because it's so good. And it's so inspiring for writers who now have this opportunity to self-publish. And there's many people, right, who are readers that still haven't validated the self-publishing space. They still believe, traditionally speaking, a traditional publisher is the most professional, most clear route to take if you truly are an author. And can you share as sort of a last thought for us as to how the self-publishing process, not the technical side, but the ownership Mm -hmm. of your words really led you to get this first book out there? Yeah, I I think what's so awesome about it, Aaron, and so grateful that there's resources like you that are out there because it it is it is difficult at initially, but having practitioners like you and difficult maybe a strong word. It just there's a lot of ways you can do it, but the biggest thing is once you pick your lane. I loved it, Aaron, because it like I was just dying to get this book out in the world. And when I started hearing people say, you've got to pitch and do this, and you could be a couple years away, I was like, no way. And I wanted to do some unique things. I really like seeing letters and usings and prose-based poetry with, with drawings. So in, in the book I have, and I'm trying to start to use our book, because I believe everyone is really a part of this, that that this book has 27 pieces of sketch art from three local artists and two of which were high school students and just seeing their faces when they saw like a real book with their and they were compensated just like the other seasoned artists and so I think you just have a lot more creative flexibility and it makes it fun you can move quicker and I just that part to me was really to me, it's about this process. And so I enjoyed it that you could get it out there quicker. And from a financial standpoint, you're going to, you know, you have a higher margin per book. Yes, you have to do a lot of your own marketing. And I'm learning that the hard way as we talked. But just to hold it and have that and know you're an author. And the funny part for me was it, it took a eight-year-old who said, Uncle, you know, a good friend's daughter, Sahana, said, Uncle Johnny, what do you do all day? <laughs> and, and I said, well, I'm doing a couple of some projects and I've been working on a book. And she said, are you an author? And it took an eight-year-old for me to acknowledge that, yes, I am an author. And so I think the the speed, the ability to get something out and a lot of great writers, and for example, in the poetry world, Rupi Kaur and Young Pueblo, who are pretty popular writers, they're all a lot of writers, at least in the poetry prose space, their first books were self-published and then later picked up. So it's a it's a tool to practice, and I just highly recommend it. I greatly appreciate your time today. Thank you for sharing both your heart and your process and your work with us. I hope that as you continue to go on through your journey and sharing this book and perhaps others that you'll consider coming back and sharing how the process has unfolded or some new inspiration came through you. 
But if people were to find you now and where you are, how can they best find your work and find more about you? Yes. So you can go directly to my website at this is jondavis.com. That's John with no H, all one where you can, there's poetry samples on there. You can get the book on Amazon. There's a link directly on my site. I'm going to focus my site a lot more on writing and some other essays and long form pieces. And I'm temporarily taking a break from social media that the same website is where I'm at on Instagram and others, but I've I've been really reflecting on what creates the best writing practice. And so I want to focus more on work on the blog. So you can, you can find me there and engage and just really cheer. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking about it, that do it, go get it. And I want you to know for one, I'm waiting on for everyone listening that I'm waiting on whatever you have to create and write. And so is this podcast part of what, as you were speaking, I thought my purpose is maybe not as much to be the writer or the author myself, but to create space for those who are ready to share and want to share. And so I appreciate you being a part of this experience and part of the collective community of the Press Published Podcast, because I think together, right, we are much greater than our individual stories or our individual books. And so I appreciate your time and thank you. Absolutely. It's been a joy to be here. Okay, friend, are you ready to share one piece of content you've been holding back on? trust your instincts and press publish. If this episode sparked curiosity in your publishing journey, head over to thehabitizedlife.com for more resources or check out the after show with our guests on Instagram at habitizedlife. All the links mentioned today are in our show notes. And hey, I'm off to reheat my cup of coffee for the second time today, but I'll meet you back here next week with a fresh cup and a new episode.